0: Bits, a brief podcast before the M&A and Tech Conference
1: in Berlin.
0: Welcome to another edition of Tech Law Bits, a small podcast in preparation of the IBA M&A in the Technology Sector Conference in Berlin on March 23rd and 24th. My name is Martin Schoenbacher. I'm a tech and data lawyer here in Berlin, and I'm really looking forward to seeing many international colleagues here in my hometown. Two of these lawyers are, are uh, with me in this uh, episode today. We have uh, Olivia Leorovitz from Raymond in Paris. Hello, Olivia.
2: Hello.
0: And we have uh, a fellow Berliner, uh, Falk Schoening, partner at Hogan Lovells in their Berlin and Brussels office. Hello, Falk.
1: Hi, Martin. Thanks for having us.
0: Um, Yeah, to those listeners who who maybe have already uh, um, heard one earlier or one or two earlier episodes of this podcast, the goal is to give attendees of the conference. Um, a taste of what to expect um, of the individual sessions and roundtable discussions and today I speak with two moderators of a roundtable discussion and your topic is merger controls and uh, foreign direct investments um, issues so before we speak about the topic maybe you can um, briefly introduce um, yourself and uh, let the listeners know a little bit about more about you Olivia.
2: Yes, uh, uh, thank you, Martin. So my name is Olivia Lee Harvest. Um, I've been a lawyer now for more than 30 years uh, in major uh, American and French law firms and recently joined uh, RIMON and founded their partner their Paris office. Uh, so um, I work mainly in the M&A private equity field and uh, um, with... Uh, many transactions actually uh, relating to technology deeds so uh, this is uh, uh it, this is going to be an interesting s- subject uh, that we we are going to discuss during this IBA uh, uh meeting in berlin
0: um, great, yes. And uh, I mean, I've, I've talked to a few people, and uh, the the intersection between tech and MA is what, what everybody seems to be doing, surprisingly, uh, not. Um, Falk, uh, what about you?
1: Yes, hi, everyone. So, my name is Falk Schoening. I have been with Hogan Labels for about 16 years. Uh, I also do a lot of uh, MA deals, but I come to this from the regulatory perspective. So, I'm an antitrust lawyer by training. The last two years, I'm increasingly also involved in these so-called FDI screenings, so looking at national security aspects of transactions. And my practice is very international, so I help many international clients from the US, from Asia, from all over Europe in getting regulatory clearances for their deals. And therefore, I'm very much looking forward to meeting many of the IBA colleagues in Berlin, where I also, just like you, Martin, personally live.
0: So... Um, as said, merger control and FDI issues is your topic from the pure technology law perspective. Um, maybe I need a little explanation. And uh, um, what is maybe maybe we start with the FDI part? Um, what is this all about, um, Olivia?
2: And so uh, when we speak about uh, technology, I think uh, uh, we, we and, and we speak about FDI regulation. Um, we have to consider that now uh, the FDI regulation, which exists in uh, almost all member states and now at the EU level, is really a screening regime uh, to uh, screen uh, transactions and authorize or not transactions. And when they fall in uh, strategic sectors, this is where you have to Start of being concerned or whether or not your transaction is going to be subject to authorization. And when we speak about technology, I mean, the EU regulation has uh, uh, specifically expanded the list to critical technology. And when we speak about critical technology, then it means that we are speaking of uh, uh, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, robotic, additive manufacturing, semiconductor, quantum technology, energy storage. And this list has been also extended, I mean, at least in France, to biotechnology and technology involved in the production of renewable energy. So uh, whenever uh, your transaction is going to be on the target that's uh, uh, is in this uh, uh, scope of uh, sectors, then you really have to be concerned about whether or not it's going to be subject to FDI authorization.
0: Okay, and um, maybe one step back, uh, what What is the purpose behind this uh, FDI regulation? I think we have all one or two examples in our mind, but but what is what's the uh, legal regulator or the regulatory thought behind? prohibiting some of this?
1: Yeah, it's really the very broad notion of national security, um, which some people would start thinking about like um, the armed forces or anything related to critical infrastructure like electricity, grids, um, water supply and so on. But as Olivia has already pointed out, um, the term is very broad. And Many EU member states, but also jurisdictions outside Europe, increasingly use this as a tool to ensure that they can screen who invests in their economies, who buys into their companies. Um, The elephant in the room behind all of this is the uh, Chinese strategy in the last years to invest into many, many companies in Europe and therefore get a foot into the door of, of many industry sectors. And this was very welcome a few years ago. But increasingly, there is a sentiment that there might be security issues with that. Um, for instance, the ability to influence uh, the new telecommunication networks. And you can actually think about all of these filings as a means of the state to look into transactions that are happening. Um, the vast majority will be vetted but some will say will require a closer look and um, the parties will then have to deal with agencies and officials and explain to them what the potential impact of such a transaction might be.
0: Right. And this is where the M&A angle comes into. Uh, uh, and I guess there's different, maybe we can look into this a little different scenarios where the two basically uh, come together, FDI and and merger control. So What what are typical scenarios you would be confronted with in a deal?
1: I mean, if I start from my point of view, um, you typically see on the FDI side transactions where the target has activities in a sector that is somewhere listed. So you first look at where does the target have um, its uh, seat, and where are other entities in the target group if it's a larger group, and for each of these seats or jurisdictions, you would have to check whether uh, the activities fall into any of the categories that Olivia mentioned uh, at the beginning and and that I also uh, expanded here in the area of critical infrastructure. If that was the case, um, then the parties to the transaction need to check, do we need to get approval before we can close our private parties agreement? So it is essentially um, nowadays the case that two private parties cannot simply do a deal uh, that goes unnoticed. You may have to interact with regulators um, either on the security side or indeed if um, the parties reach certain thresholds on the merger control side.
0: And who, who would the regulator be?
1: So... This depends by uh, jurisdiction again in most uh, countries, for instance, in Germany, it would be the Ministry of Economics. Um, I think Olivia in, in France, it is probably the same.
2: Yes, indeed. I mean, in France, it's the Minister of Economy.
0: Right. Okay. And. Um, uh, Olivia, from your point of view, when you have to do with FDI issues in deals, what is the, what is like the, f- more from an MA point, uh, what is your approach, where does that come into play, and where do you raise your finger, uh, the, your FDI finger, so to speak? Yeah,
2: so uh, as uh, Falk mentioned, I mean, uh, FDI regulation has become very broad, uh, and indeed the uh, uh, it is broad enough that you really need to uh, uh, at a very early stage uh, ask the question of uh, whether or not to afford uh, uh, the listed activity. And sometimes it can be unclear because the definition can be quite broad. Uh, but if there's a doubt, uh, I think that the recommendation is that you, you should probably uh, at an early stage, address the issue and notify if there's any doubt that you may fall under such a regulation. So this probably means from an m perspective that this is something that you have uh, to think uh, at the time you are doing due diligence. I mean whenever there's a contract with uh, a defense ministry, whenever the activity of the company is indeed, I mean, if we are speaking of critical technology in one of these uh, areas or in one of these sectors which is covered by the regulation. And then you probably need also to think about timing because uh, uh, this requires most of the time a number of months before you get approval. And um, and uh, of course, you need to think on a global perspective if ever your transaction is going to fall under different jurisdiction. Um, I would um, I would also add that you may want to think ahead of time if uh, you think that your transaction is going to fall under such FDI regulation. If you want to restructure the transaction, I mean, is there a way that uh, you could? Uh, uh, spin-off the activity. I mean, is, is there uh, a way uh, you you could structure differently the transaction if you are certain that this is going to fall uh, under uh, FDI regulation? Uh, and finally, the fact that now we have this EU screening regulation makes it also uh, a bit more burdensome uh, to take in consideration that it's not only a state member, national security, but it's eventually also at the level of the EU that uh, there could be an issue for a neighbor country or the EU uh, on the whole. So it makes this uh, process, I would say, much more complicated, and you really have to navigate into this at a very early stage.
0: It, it sounds to me um, like it, the, the importance of this has basically uh, yeah, sky-rised, as in, you know, the, the, the technology affected being much broader. You mentioned, Olivia, earlier what, what technology is affected or if falls within the scope of the regulation. What national security is can these days be, as we have already heard from Falk, very broad. Um, um, so, do people maybe uh, or do investors lose interest in technology deals then uh, because there's, they're, they're just dragging along uh, because of issues like this? Um, what, what do you think? What is your experience?
2: Uh, I think that uh, investors are still interested in technology deals. I mean, there may be cases where uh, they may decide that uh, uh, it's going to be too complicated. Uh, But it seems that from um, what uh, I I see that there are still lots of interest in acquiring technologies. And it seems that this is the field where we have uh, the most notifications. Uh, But of course, uh, I would say that uh, generally speaking, it seems that there are few cases where notarization is refused even though we have a few examples uh, in France and elsewhere. Uh, But most of the cases are usually that you get uh, uh, an authorization subject to commitments. So I still feel that there's an attraction in investing, but you should be aware that uh, if the technology is sensitive or if you are in a sensitive sector, uh, they, you you must be ready eventually to, to accept some uh, undertakings.
0: Absolutely. Falk, do thought, thought you want to add to this? Um, I, I think there are so many questions you can discuss with the people at your table. It, it is so obvious that everybody who is in the field will have their own, uh, uh, basically, experience and thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. And I mean, what I really like about this format is that it we look at it from a complementary perspective. I can second to what Olivia said from the regulatory point of view. The transactions still take place. In fact, um, if I look at this year, uh, I can already see that there is even an increased interest. I think we all probably in the M&A uh, area saw a bit of a dip last year due to the uh, war in Ukraine and the energy crisis and inflation concerns. And um, right now I can see that actually the M&A activity is picking up again and I would say that investors are just building in the complexity that Olivia mentioned as a cost to the transaction, a factor they need to consider and people are getting more and more savvy in how to do it. So you need to uh, think about how your SBA looks like, Um, you need to think about the risk sharing between the buyer and the seller for these types of things, for the right strategy in explaining your case to the agencies, whether that's FDI or merger control, but it is still doable. And even the uh, example I gave at the beginning of Chinese investors, um, I still see cases uh, happening where a Chinese investment in Europe takes place. Fewer than in the years before, for sure, but uh, it still exists. So uh, I can only say um, my own role as a regulatory lawyer, is uh, it has changed a bit. In previous years, we were uh, often involved only after a deal had been signed and then the task was given to us, go get us the regulatory clearances. Um, Nowadays, at least with more savvy parties to transactions, the regulatory lawyers are involved from the early beginning because there are important structuring questions. And uh, it just serves the parties better to think through this whole complexity from uh, the early days of a deal process.
0: Okay, so I, I, th- I think it's uh, needless to ask my last question because I, I already have like three or four more questions in mind you can you can talk about with the uh, attendees of your table, but I've asked everybody, so I will ask you as well. Um, Olivia, why should attendees join your table uh, on March 23rd? And uh, to those of you who, who didn't know, also on March 24th in the morning, we have another round of roundtables. So uh, why would people come
2: Yeah, I think that uh, uh, understanding, I mean, the control merger, merger control, FDR regulation is is really essential and critical to any M&A technology transaction. So I think it's a great opportunity uh, to share and exchange uh, information, experience uh, on uh, regulation, different approaches and thanks to the diversity of the participants, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be a very interesting learning experience. So uh, um, I truly think it's uh, it's going to be something very, uh, very um, interesting for everyone that, uh, that will join and that can contribute actually uh, from its own legal perspective.
1: Absolutely. Falk, last sentence to you. Yeah, I can only second. I think the diversity of um, both the group and also the topics will be of real interest for participants. Uh, whether you're in a startup and you think about to whom could I best uh, sell stakes or, or hold of my company, whether you're in private equity and you think I don't have an issue because I don't pose any national security concerns, or you're uh, a strategic investor, I think you'll all face. Not the same, but similar um, issues with merger control and FDI, and talking to others about what best practices are, what tips and experiences they have made with different authorities around the globe on this will be certainly valuable for future deals. So, therefore, I, I really look forward to seeing many of you at the roundtables.
0: Absolutely, Th- thank you, thank you very much to, to both of you. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Falk, for. Uh, um yeah giving giving us a little flavor of what to expect at your table. Um um yeah I, I already have so many questions in mind even as a technology lawyer. The most interesting probably being how to get around it. Uh maybe maybe we do we do something on that topic after the after the billing conference. Um deal listeners if you haven't already done so go ahead register for the conference um not only for this table but also for the other sessions um that will be happening in the Ritz-Carlton Hotel at Potsdamer Platz in Berlin on March 23rd and 24th. Thank you very much. Thank you to the two of you and um, have a good day. Thanks. It's